Hey guys and welcome ba- welcome to the first inaugural episode of the Unilodge podcast. Uh, today's episode will be themed around sustainability and we'll be interviewing a couple of our residents here. Uh, to start off with, we have uh, Jaden Tan. Yes, yes, that's me. Just say hi. <laughs> Hello everyone, my name is Jaden and um, I'm currently a university student studying I studied uh, a bachelor, a bachelor's degree in actuarial science in uni in the University of Melbourne, but I will be doing my masters in AI at uh, Monash University. Fantastic! So, what implications of AI are there for the future of sustainability? What can it do to help us save our planet from, you know, the dooming future that lies before us? Honestly, that's a pretty tricky question, but <laughs> um, based on what I know, I think AI helps um, um, improves productivity and efficiency of uh, uh, most technical systems we have in this world. So um, an example I can give is uh, how uh, grocery shopping has been uh, really efficient um, in the current world. and inventory management has been um, uh, has improved uh, as compared to the past so um, with like with improved inventory management due to uh, AI technology we can um, reduce the amount of waste uh, like reduce the amount of waste um, in the outside world I guess all right so um, what what uh, what else is there other than you know it helping with the invention management? AI uh, is there? Are there going to be robots to oh. that'll like take over everything and you know make the world amazing by themselves without us? Uh, I'm sure I'm sure we'll come to that point where we'll have to rely on robots with um, a lot of uh, processes in our um, day-to-day lives, so. Uh, like Elon Musk is currently working on what, um, like he he has wor- like made electronic cars and all that stuff, and uh, self self drive cars as well. Yeah, and that's been uh, that's been used in some countries, I think. But probably been used in the U.S. If we're being honest. Yeah, because um, you know they like to take risks and all that stuff. So uh, you're go- you're heading into your master of AI, right, at Monash? Yes. Are you excited to start the start the course? Yes, I'm actually very excited to start the course because obviously um, AI is going to be in demand in the future, and I'd like to see what I'd study, like because that's one that's one um, particular subject that I do not know much about, and so I'm curious to see what like. Uh, the ins and outs of the, I don't know, the subject and stuff. Uh, you have a background in actuarial. Um, of, as you mentioned before, you have little experience with AI, but you're excited to go into it. Any aspect of it that you're like particularly looking forward to? Anything specific within your course that you've researched or any aspect of AI that you want to get into in the future? Oh, yeah. Um, I, have, I have researched about machine learning and deep learning so uh, these two things are interesting as I 
like it it basically what it does is in it it takes like in in layman terms it takes like a bunch of information like like every information we have in this world and try to put it in uh the the ai program and there is like that's how it like that's how like chat gpt works and for example like you they have a lot of um information um recognition and stuff like that that then it gives you a solution like that's how it answers your question basically all right so fantastic uh thanks for answering that um well how how long is your course just out of curiosity my course uh it'll be two years and you chose monash over uh, udmel your former university you might be asking why well monash is the only university like not the only one but the only one in um victoria that offers a masters of ai program so udmel doesn't not offer that All right, so let me switch over from the course over to something, you know, a little bit more personal. So, you're currently on duty, you're wearing the red Unilodge t-shirt. Uh, what do you like about this job? Just out of curiosity. Oh. Um what I like about this job is I get to work from home. So this I like I work from I work at where I stay as well. And also I also like to interact with the residents um about their day-to-day lives and their issues. All right, so fantastic. Um you're also a big fan mm. of uh, volleyball if I'm not mistaken. Uh do you have any other ho- interesting hobbies you like to talk to us about? Um honestly, I have I have a huge interest in sports in general. Mm. So it's not just volleyball, but like in the past I've played many sports. And I just find it very enjoyable and stress-free. Um Yeah. Have have you found uh, Melbourne to be accommodating to those uh, sports needs? You know, like do you go to MSAC often? Do you book courts nearby? Anything like that? Um, I don't go to MSAC often, but uh, I do go to the Uni Melb courts often to play like uh, volleyball and badminton. All right, so fantastic. Um, maybe. Now I'll thank you for your time and I'll pass it on to our next uh resident uh John Cofield. Ch- Co- Hi, how are you doing? Hi, yeah, I'm so I'm I'm Jordan Schofield and <laughs> and uh I'm uh, currently studying game design development at um AIE over in the Docklands. All right, so tell me a little bit about the course. What what are you studying? What you're doing? So my job basically or well, my future job I'm hoping to get is to be the guy who who walks around a team and basically writes the documents comes up with the the ideas of the games and you know the rules and all the system interactions and like for instance if you uh if you go to a chest in, in D&D for instance and you pick up uh and you pick up something out of that chest how many what items do you get you know you you got to those are the ty- kinds of things that designers got to think about interesting do you have any projects you're working on right now that you'd like to talk to us about? Um yeah, I'll, not really one I'm working on right now, but I just did a game jam about uh the Meldum Gay Jam game jam the 2024 one and uh I worked with the team well, we called ourselves the Fifth Harmony <laughs> uh or the Fifth Humor, sorry, not the Fifth Harmony. Yep. Um and we did yeah, uh, that kind of stuff. 
so you guys uh, entered into the competition. I assume you guys made a project of some sort. Do you want to talk to us a little about, about a little bit about that? Yeah. Uh, so we did uh, a game called, I think it was literally called the Fifth Humor as well, um, and it was a like a hex pipe dream puzzle game where you had to uh, connect the lungs up to, uh, you know, your organs up to the the mouth to make uh, the person laugh or in this case it was an alien um and so we continued along with that and just kept on building on the on the mechanics on the design and on the on the art and all that stuff and it turned out pretty well for the for the 48 hours we had um it was pretty interesting uh do you mind me walking me through like the different things that members of your team had to do in order to get the project completion i know you've told me a little bit about it there were different roles for different people Mm. could you explain a little bit about that so yeah uh, so yeah, there was uh, about five people in our team. Um, uh, there's a bit more because we did uh, outsource the audio to the audio team that was uh, in the game jam. Um, but the basic roles were there was about two programmers, two artists, and one designer being myself. Um, and uh, basically, all of us we were you know doing the art, the programming, and, and design. Um, the artists would you know come up with the uh, draw the the characters and and do the, the backgrounds and all the, the art style of things, like the things you can see is quite easily. Um, the programmers, they had the toughest job of trying to program all the stuff the artist and the and myself, the designer, wanted uh, in the you know in the game in 48 hours. <laughs> Sounds like a tough job, especially doing 48 hours. Um, given that today's theme is sustainability, what, uh, what, what implications do game design have? You know, like, is there anything that game design can do to help people be, become more aware, for example? Well, actually, that's a really good point because there is, like, one major thing that games can do, which is inform people. And, you know, you can make a game about sustainability, for instance, and say this is a, a game about rainfall and how, you know, rain covers, like, the land and how the sustainability of that or, or other things like that it's a terrible example but let's just roll with it um what you get in that kind of situation is that you get people who can interact in first-hand experience with the game and then they can see their consequences of their actions so if the game has a down uh, if you do something terrible like pollute the environment for instance uh, you can actually see the effects of that happening so it's not only seeing the start, you know, making your own decisions and making your own actions, but also seeing the consequences of those actions in a way that doesn't actually affect the uh, the actual planet and destroy us all. <laughs> so, Jordan, as I know, you are new to Unilodge. How are you finding it here? I'm finding it very, very good. I, uh, I'm liking all the activities and all the events that the U- RAs are setting up. Um, and uh, each, each, I've made lots of friends here, and each one of them has been really fun and helpful, and you know, just good. Uh, any events recently that come to mind, or anything that uh, you've experienced or are looking forward to this upcoming month? Um, I really liked the. I think the movie night was one of my favorites, uh, even though it ended up being I think me and one other person um, at the end of it. I I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, what was the movie you guys watched that night? The Incredibles. <laughs> well, you can't go wrong with the classic. Um, um, this upcoming month, we have a couple of new events. Um, you know, we might go 
to the beach or whatnot, given that it's summer, we might have a picnic, anything outdoors that you're looking forward to, or are you, are you more of an indoor person yourself? So I actually uh, regularly go on a hike. Um, I just the other day went to the Botanical Gardens while it was raining, incidentally. Um, so I do I do like going outside and, and enjoying the sun and all that good stuff. Beautiful. Any hikes around Melbourne that you'd recommend for any of our listeners? I, I haven't been here to, enough to, to know too many, but I do know that the, you can do the whole Yara walk from start to finish, and that like that takes a long time to do, but it's something that may be interesting. Cause, uh, given that you like hikes and you haven't been here long, do you mind me asking you where you're from and like what you did around there? Yeah, absolutely. So I was originally from the Blue Mountains um, over in New South Wales. I lived in Sydney for a little bit. Um, and uh, while I was there, I did uh, I did basically game design as much as I could, <laughs> um, and uh, you know hikes along there. They're, I think uh, if I was to recommend a hike up in uh, the Blue Mountains, it would have to be the the Wentworth Falls hike. That's uh, one of the most beautiful ones I've ever seen. Amazing. Um, well, I'd, unless you have anything more to speak about, I'd like to thank you for your time, and uh, maybe pass it on to our next. Uh, Residents. So, if you would like to introduce yourself. In Hello, uh, my name is Johnny Ruiz. I'm from Bolivia, a really long way from home right now. And I have a bachelor's degree in business administration, and I'm currently studying an advanced diploma in IT. Fantastic. Uh, how long have you been here in Melbourne? What have you been up to while you've been here? I've been so far for eight months in Melbourne. I find it really, really good and really different from my home. Do you mind me asking how so? Like I, I know uh, being an international student myself, like no family here, everyone, everything and everyone is new, but um, you know, how are you adjusting and how is it different to your home country? Well, besides uh, the obvious, like the language, I am really surprised that in Melbourne, at least there's a lot of international students that come from all over the world, especially China and India. Uh, I but I really like that it gives us like a different view in dif and different perspectives on daily life. Um, you mentioned different perspectives. Has your perspective on life maybe changed since you've come here? Has has your viewpoint on life changed by by any means? Nah, uh, not really. It hasn't changed, but I can see how people. Uh, prioritize different things. Sometimes it's work, sometimes it's uh, having fun. Particularly from when I, where I come from, uh, we prioritize more fun, having fun than work or study. And I, by that I don't mean that we don't study or we don't work, it's just that we value a lot enjoying our lives. But I see that uh, here they would rather work or study more was that a bit of a culture shock when you first arrived here? Um, it was a bit of a culture shock because uh, I'm used to people that just are enjoying themselves everywhere they are. Um, how has it been living here at Union Lodge? You've been here for you've been in Melbourne for eight months, and I assume you've been living here at Union Lodge for a number of that time. Uh, how have you been finding it here? It's pretty relaxing. It's pretty fun. Uh, there's a lot of activities to do, and there's a lot of people to meet every day. Yeah, any specific activity that you enjoyed while you've been here? Any outdoor activities are really fun for me. 
and also a lot of uh, activities where I can meet new people. Yeah, um, given that we have 900 residents, I assume there's a lot of new people to meet all the time, especially considering that we're about to start a new semester of uni, a lot of people have moved out, a lot of people have moved in. Um, how do you find the whole you know, aspect of socializing here? Is, has, it been, has it been smooth sailing or have you had, do you have any interesting stories you could tell us? Any interesting people you've met? It's been a fun time, but uh, I'm used to having long-term friends, but I realized that it's not going to be easy here because, as you said, like people come and go like in a few months, maybe in a year, and I may just meet someone for just a month and they will be gone next time I see I, I know about them. That's, that's completely fair, but for at least from my perspective, uh, my first batch of roommates I had here in Melbourne, um, I'm still very close with all of them. Like, they might have left physically, but you know, social media is a thing nowadays, especially since you're studying IT, you know better than anyone that uh, it's easy to connect with people online. It's not the same as in person, I understand that. I definitely miss all my friends back home as much as I talk to them. Um, but yeah, if I could give you anything, it'd be that. Uh, just try to keep in touch with them. Um, yeah, you know, like I said, it's a new semester. There's a lot of people coming in again. And they'll probably be staying here for at least a year, so that'll be good, I reckon. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm looking forward to this new semester because I've seen a lot of new people coming into the building already. Honestly, it sounds like you and Jordan should get together as well. If you like outdoor activities, he likes hiking, you guys should go on a couple of hikes once in a while, right? I have actually invited him to a couple uh, hikes, but uh, as of yet, we haven't we haven't had the time. <laughs> That's completely fair. It's, schedules are rough right now. You, everyone's either working or studying still. Some subjects for me, of course. Um, I, uh, but like I said, if, if you guys are going, let me know. I'll, I would love to go on a couple as well. I went to a few of them in, when I was in New South Wales. Central Coast is beautiful. It has amazing beaches and even, even better hikes. And that's what, at least that's what I experienced. <laughs> um, so, like I said, since this podcast is centered around sustainability, do you have any, anything you'd like to tell us about how you know, the future of IT is going to work when it pertains to sustainability? Well, uh, with my background in business and my current knowledge in IT, I can uh, say that, well, first of all, businesses depend a lot in uh, anything information technology related these days and it's becoming more and more important uh, especially with AI uh, regarding sustainability uh, well it is a fact that business have to become more sustainable as we can see the damage that is currently suffering the world is suffering from all the contamination and the current um, activities that some companies uh, run like uh, oil companies uh, and a lot of others but the main point I see is that it's not just the companies we as we everyone can make some uh, uh, but you know uh, I don't know about you but for me coming from a third world country what you said spoke true you know, um, a lot of these bigger companies and even bigger nations, for example, come and at least in my at least in my country's experience, I'm from Sri Lanka. We have quite a few countries coming and dumping their rubbish on our shores instead of you know f fixing their systems. 
Um, I assume Bolivia goes through something similar. At least you might have a couple of big MNCs coming to your country and maybe taking advantage of the lax environmental laws. Have you seen or heard anything like that? Yes, that's pretty common in Bolivia, and not just Bolivia, but also in a lot of countries in Latin America. Since they, we have, we don't have a lot of resources, and a lot of countries are still uh, developing economically. A lot of big uh, companies come and, in a certain way, take advantage of the local resources to de- develop more. The, in which, in turn, damages the ecosystem of the of those countries. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, I mean, not fantastic, but I love the fact that you told us about that. Um, you know, these uh, these big MNCs, like I said, the especially this is just an interesting random fact. But uh, cruise lines, did you know that they were one of the like worst popular populators in like the world? Uh, international laws in like seafaring places are like it's pretty lax, so they just go out there and they dump literally everything and anything into the ocean, and it is one of the most horrid things that you'll ever read about or see about. Uh, if, there's, if anyone's interested about learning that, there's a YouTuber called Patriot Act, which is also on Netflix. They have a couple of episodes about you know sustainability and stuff like that. That's pretty interesting. I would recommend if anyone's interested. Um, you know, I, I thank you for talking. I appreciate it. Um, if, if you have nothing else, I'll pass it on to our next uh, resident. Yeah, well... You have... You good? Thinking about uh, one last thing in Latin America and some companies. Uh, it is known that some governments uh, have applied some rules and laws that companies have to reach some sustainability level. However, uh, there are a lot of ways to find another way that's not actually sustainable. Uh, a current case is the carbon credits. I don't know if you've heard about that. I have not. Uh, would you mind telling us about it? So basically, carbon credits is a way that companies can invest in NGOs in, an, in other countries that aim to protect some uh, environments. And depending on the money they invest, they will receive these carbon credits, credits, which will reduce their emissions. But it's not actually reducing. They are not changing anything in their operation. They are just investing money, you know, in some projects in poor countries like uh, Latin America. Latin America, And these are big companies like, say, Shell or BP. Petroleum companies, as always, uh, probably destroying the environment. Uh, petroleum companies themselves do have been, imp- there are, like, laws imposed on them to become more sustainable. But, like, let's be honest, long term, I don't think it's really doing anything. And the, what you just said is horrifying um the fact that you know your country is allowing them to dump as much waste as possible but as long as they do a few good things on the side it gets reduced number wise it's just it's not acceptable is it um do you do you see any like changes coming soon to that area or district or do you have any ideas on how they could change you know it's it's really hard to come up with a solution because uh, as i've mentioned before these companies always try to find a loophole in all the rules or laws applied to them. Uh, there needs to be an organization that looks into this company like deeply all their operation and stuff they do and to see if they are actually making an impact in the environment, a good impact, a positive impact. Uh, though 
yeah I, I understand what you're saying but I assume coming from uh, like I said I come from a third world country we our government doesn't have many systems in place to double check that information in any way um, I assume you also your country must face similar issues yeah they face uh, similar issues and uh, besides companies just doing what they want in a certain way not only are they damaging the environment but they also want to put the responsibility on people as you've seen like uh, that's one of the main reasons that the carbon footprint for people was created like how much carbon emissions each people uh, produces like uh, and trying to get people into reducing those em total emissions when the total emissions in the world the most of them come from the companies itself yeah so though, though we switch over to plastic straws and little actions like that nothing's really going to even though even if a lot of us make those little changes things won't really change until the bigger companies change their ways eh? yeah that's right um well i thank you again for the second time for your time thank you for talking to us it, Honestly, you well, the points you made related to me a lot, you know, coming from similar backgrounds. I appreciate that. Um, but we'll pass it on to uh, our next uh, resident now. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Uh, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Um. Yeah. Hi. Um, I'm Marcella. Um. I'm from Guatemala, and I'm a architect student, architecture student at Melbourne Uni. So thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. Um, how how is it studying architecture at Uni Melb? How's the how's the program itself going? Well, it's going great. It's very tough, um, uh, very time consuming and demanding, but it's great. Been learning a lot, and yeah, it's good. It's very strong, very creative, and it's it has fulfilled my expectations. Uh, well, I've seen some of your coursework, and I, for one, can say that compared to the degree that I'm studying in Bachelor of Commerce, you have a lot more. You learn a lot more applicable information, I feel like. I saw you working on a few different softwares and such. Uh, do you mind giving a breakdown of, like, what you're in your third year, I believe? Second year, second sem. Um, well, what, what are you studying right now? What are you going into studying? Right, so, yeah, I'm in the second year, second semester, and I'm... Um, currently doing my specialization in environmental design. So I just finished a summer subject um, about environmental design and housing. So it was pretty interesting. Right now we're uh, already done learning like residential, like um, outlines, requirements, um, standards and everything. So next semester I'm gonna be jumping into commercial buildings. But this one was specifically very interesting. I'm very into what change can we bring in regard like regarding construction because the built environment contributes a scary amount of um, pollution of contamination everything so it's been really interesting getting to know the solutions and the proposals and just all the materials and options there are for us to improve the quality of the built environment it's great to hear that the, you know there's a lot of research being done into all that because last semester I actually did a sustainability class as well and uh, my our main focus was looking over this construction company that resides in Melbourne, Australia and they operate here. Uh, but a lot of, even though there are multiple laws in Australia for sustainability, 
construction and as a whole seems to be a very inefficient industry when it comes to that. Uh, could you talk to us a little bit about like what your experiences are working in the field? You know, with with our, in architecture, what are some changes being made to like help? Right. So, throughout like the whole course, I feel like um, um, designing environmentally sustainable buildings has always been like intertwined, and we've always like focused on that. And I feel they're actually really trying to change this generation of architects and designers in the way that like they're really introducing us to everything we do like to consider the impact that it'll have and we've gone to not only like consider from the design process but then the choosing materials and then the construction process and then the end life of materials actually so like the carbon footprint's like never ending it's like coming from everywhere all the time when it's connected to construction so um, I think there's a lot happening and then I think number one right now is prefabrication and also a lot of technology, so much technology. There's uh, 3D printing for like prefab um, panels, construction materials. There's um, robots like working on scanning buildings and trying to like reduce the impact of demolition and studying buildings, studying like the most efficient structure you can achieve. So I feel definitely there's a lot going on and there's so much we can do and there's still a lot of research to be done as well. Um, well, that industry as a whole, uh, what you're saying is it's basically going forward, but may I, can I just ask as it pertains to you and your studies, um, I noticed you using a interesting, rather interesting software a couple of days ago. Uh, do you mind giving us a breakdown of what that software is and how you guys utilize it? Yeah, right. So right now in Australia, different like city councils are using uh, the best uh, software and it's basically um, it rates buildings on how sustainable they are. So city councils are actually like establishing requirements and policies for uh, new buildings to comply with a certain like percentage of sustainability in different categories. They can be water, energy, inter-environmental quality, um, transport actually as well. And all of this is just to reduce, um, well, our footprint and then just to ensure that actually the new buildings are complying with all of these specifications. And then there's also this other one we use to actually analyze all the materials being used. So the impact, it there's like so many impacts we can analyze but we're mostly focusing on how efficient materials are because there's always um, pollution contamination coming from the production of materials but then it also covers up for how long they last for how efficient they are and their productivity so in this other tool we evaluate how efficient built sorry like walls can be um, which material is adapts better to this climate and this circumstance and this kind of building and that's how like we're achieving sustainability in the sense that we're more aware of how much material we use what material we use where is it produ uh, produce when how is it transport and then how are we going to get rid of it like are we going to be able to recycle it or not and then basically these tools are helping us to evaluate how efficient our designs are being yeah 
so though you're an architect and you have to your main goal is to design you have to look through all throughout the supply chain and figure out exactly where you can improve sustainability to make sure that your project is as good as it can be yeah exactly sounds like a lot of work and it sounds very very <laughs> very time consuming <laughs> i I have never been more thankful to be a commerce student. <laughs> as as tough as our degrees, uh, we don't have to do as much as that. <laughs> um, yeah. More so, we are the guys who request that you uh, do all these plans, and we're like, hey, listen, we need our new building to be x x x amount, you know, sustainable, or it has to be as good as what we need, and then. Yeah, we push it on to you, and then you have to work <laughs> overtime to get it done. Which I will apologize to any future architects who ever work with me <laughs> for right now. Um, yeah. Well, other than sustainability and architecture, you're also an RA here. How are you finding that? Well, I really enjoy being an RA here. Like Jaden said, working at home is very comfortable. Also, I feel like I'm made for this because I spend long nights doing my assignments, so I can just always be on call and I'll just be awake. So, but yeah, overall, I've met good people. I work with amazing people, and I've had fun all the time I've been here. Have been having special experiences, so yeah, it's been good. Um, do you have any interesting stories you'd like to tell us about any residents, any random calls at night? Anything interesting happened while you've been in RA? <laughs> so I think one that I really laugh about is like I never thought being an RA could like so much give me like mom vibes but I felt like a mom during this call it was like this girl calling me she went out for the day and then she was like so stressed and she was just telling me that she left her iron curler on in her room and she was like go turn it off go turn it off and I'm like I don't even live with you like I don't know you but she was like I don't know. She was just like relying on me to like go fix this, and like normally we don't do this. We don't walk into a residents' room, but like I had to do it. Otherwise, we'll have a fire in the room, right? And then yeah, it was just funny. Like residents often see you as like kind of parents as well, and then but it's just nice to like know that they rely on you, and then yeah, it's good to like meet people around. It's just a funny random story. Yeah, well, from what I see, you saved that person three thousand dollars. You know, fire alarm, you know, fireman call. That would have been expensive, and uh, it would have been very time consuming for everyone. If uh, and you definitely don't have time with all your assignments. No chance of <laughs> having to deal with all those firemen. Um, uh, I did. I I do agree with you though. Like the whole being a parent thing. I get called mm. uh, and stuff quite a lot. And listen, I'm I'm 22, but I, I, since I've shaved my head, people think I'm older and it's like, <laughs> it's not the most flattering thing in the world when people are calling you sir and you're like younger than them. <laughs> it's, it's not the best feeling. Um, but yeah, um, being an RA yeah, is great. Uh, how are you finding it as a resident? Are you, have you been enjoying your time here at Uni Lodge in Melbourne in general? Yeah, I've, I've had a great time so far at Uni Lodge, met great people. Um, I love the building, like, I can come play the piano, I can watch the sunset, I can play table tennis, pool, cook with my friends, so it's very nice, and I've been loving Melbourne as well. I didn't think that it would be as good when I came, probably I was, like, not prepared for it, but I enjoy it very much, and, and yeah, I just, I just really like going on little adventures and getting to know, like, new places and everything, so yeah, I'm always amazed of, like, how diverse it is and how much stuff goes on in the city, how there's so many events and how artistic it is as well. 
So yeah, I've been learning a lot about it, and I really enjoy living here. Yeah, when I first came here, I was told that Melbourne's a bit of a melting pot as well. Um, and yeah, I, I was quite shocked when I came here. I was like, there's so many different people, and it's not it's not just Australians, which is like, which is what I expected. But like, Australians are kind of. Uh, well, to say it, the, the minority in our building. feel like the minority. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah. It's great that we have a mix of everyone. Uh, you and yeah. Johnny so, from South America, myself from Sri Lanka. We have Jaden from Malaysia. Just the RAs ourselves are just very complex. And we have we're from all sorts of different backgrounds, which I feel help when we're dealing with a lot of different people, right? Yeah. It's uh, useful to be able to call a friend of yours and just be like, oh, okay, I can't speak this language. They can. Mm. We can help each other out. But yeah. yeah, do you have anything else you'd like to talk about? Oh, you know what, just before that, how was your transition into Melbourne? Like, you come from Guatemala, you were studying there as well, but mm-hmm. you transitioned here, what, a year and a half ago, a year and a bit ago? Mm-hmm. How are you finding it being in Melbourne? Like, how did you find that transition, moving here, you know, not knowing many people here, all that? Well, first of all, I think I, I really liked that it's very diverse, so... I always say that Melbourne's like really nice because it feels like you don't have to be someone to actually fit in. I feel everyone can fit in because we're all different. So I really enjoy that and that actually made it way easier for me to settle. And so far I think it's just challenged me to like go out and put myself out there and find just new people, make new friends, uh, just create new adventures for myself in a way and it might be it was like a bit shocking because like culturally it's way different and everything like life is so different um but it's been a great upgrade i think and i've been learning so much about different cultures about i don't i don't know i've been like trying to learn different languages as well with friends and everything i feel like it, it has taught me so much like socially like personally and I've grown so much and I actually like discovered what I really like to be doing which is studying architecture I was previously studying civil architectural engineering but uh, I didn't enjoy it as much it was not what I wanted so it's been really good coming here and knowing that this is what I'm meant to be doing so yeah it's been a great experience well thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule um if there's nothing else, I'd uh, like thank you for your time. Thanks for coming on and speaking. Um, with that, I'd like to end the podcast. Thank you for listening to our first episode. Uh, tune back next month for the next episode. Well, the theme will probably be different. The audio will probably be different, but it will still be good vibes. Thank you. <laughs>